Welcome to the Assembly at Heckfield Place podcast. I'm Lucy Hislop, curator of this eclectic programme of year-round events, a gentle Georgian home in Hampshire with 430 acres of woodland, lakes and gardens, Heckfield has always been a place to bring interesting and interested people together. Continuing this legacy, the Assembly calls on curious minds with a focus on looking forward and our relationship with nature. Each episode features an edited conversation. As part of this month's Value of the Mind series, we explore memory and scent. Join Nicola Moulton, the award-winning beauty journalist, and the creative director of Scene Studio and former beauty director at British Vogue with our international panel. Hi everyone, thanks so much for coming. Um, This is just like the most perfect way to spend a Saturday night for me talking about perfume um, with some incredible minds. Um, I'm going to introduce the panel and um, as you know we're here to talk about... um, scent and memory but I think it's also um, everything to do with perfume so I think you know the one of the most incredible things to do with perfume is that it's really both art and science and um, that will make sense I think when we um, we introduce the panel so Maurice Yostan and Megumi Fukatsu both work for Aroma Space um, which is an incredible company that um, effectively scents spaces um, and has created uh, the scent of Heckfield Place, which um, we're all going to smell shortly. Uh, Flo Glendening is the vice president at The New Company, which is a really groundbreaking wellness company. He's recently launched, uh, I think is probably the world's first uh, supplement that you take by spritzing. So it's a perfume for your well-being which we'll talk more about later. I also think this is the most intimidatingly international panel that I've I've ever interviewed. So Flo's joined us from New York. Uh, Megumi is um, often in Tokyo, but, you know, in Asia, and Maurice is here from Berlin. So um, quite pathetic, really, that I thought it was really jet-set that I'd driven an hour and a half from Cambridge today. But um, welcome, and thanks all so much for coming. So can you tell us a little bit, before we start, about the... um, the process that went into creating a scent for Heckfield. For Heckfield, yeah. Um, well, when we came into contact with Heckfield, um, the first thing we did was uh, was it somewhere in 2017. We we, we visited uh, the place and and yeah, we, we really we tried uh, after uh, let's say you know, understanding the, the brief what the client what Heckfield would like. Uh, we, we we spent quite some time here. Uh, several days walking around, gathering uh, botanical material, some of which you, we just gathered this morning again, just to give you an idea, and really to immerse ourselves, you know, to, to make it an experience instead of just some theoretical concept. And, and is it is it really important to you to, to come to the place when you're creating yeah, a Yeah, scene? yeah, because it's a, the, es- the essence is it's an experience, it's not... So whatever happens in, in that time, you, you go to uh, a client or, or yeah, a location. Or um, it's, it's about what, yeah, the, the emotions that, that come up, the, the, the history. Of course, you have to learn about it. You can't do that in, in two minutes. So it's very... And then it becomes, of course, for us also, we go back to the laboratory. And then, yeah, you know, you have sometimes unconsciously, you, you, you gather the, all this information and then... It enters into the scent. 
And Megumi, what were some of the impressions that you gathered then in those few days when you came to do your kind of research here? Here? Oh, sorry. The first is a beautiful place, and land is very purple. Mm. Yeah, are you agree? Yeah, I think, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, well, incredible history and, and the attention, what impressed me a lot was the attention that, that was given to all these details. Yeah, like when we came here, it was still in, under construction, renovation. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, that, you know, you know that, that, that means that the sand that we would, um, let's say, add or, or design should be part of that. It's not just a sand, it's, it's, it's a, a, it should be a synergy of, let's say, the total experience people come here. So it should work together, it should be complementary, so the total is, is a lot more than... And aside from the things that you sort of foraged when you came here, yeah. what what are the, some of the other notes that have have ended up in the in the Heckfield scent? Mm. Yeah, that it's it's complex because you know we try to put it into words. Um, definitely, some in in the, in the brief of Heckfield it was important that the scent would reflect the surroundings. So at Arboretum, the walled flower garden. Uh, the winter scent. Everything was very much related to this small, um, let's say, relatively small environment. So, it's so not that went directly into the scent. Not that we use only, uh, let's say, botanical material from here, of course, uh, but it should evoke that image. That's that was the most important thing. And then, yeah. And how many versions might you go through before you? Um, find a scent that everybody loves. Yeah, to the client, 12, but we made... Yeah, you know, <laughs> behind 40, the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. loads. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, I believe it's, you know, it, it's it's same with, with art, you know, things develop by, by doing. It's not, you cannot start from, uh, you know, a narrow path. So you, you bring, you start from very, something very wide and then slowly you come towards, yeah, you know, fine tuning, uh, that's, and and then, then you get all these layers that appear when you actually experience the scent. And, and if it would be directly to the end goal, the scent would be one-dimensional, I think. Uh, we were talking earlier about how, um, ironically, for a talk about fragrance, we were talking about how difficult it is to talk about perfume and to describe it. And... Um, I thought it was so interesting when, um, Megumi, you were saying that often you see the perfume in your mind as a shape. Yeah. Because it's difficult to find words that, every, you know, is kind of easy for everyone to understand. And Maurice, you were saying that sometimes mm -hmm. Megumi will sketch. Yeah, when, you shape. know, for us it's very important, like, we, 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 we work sometimes on different scents or at the same, on the same scent. But when we discuss about it, then it's, it's very important to get feedback because... Uh, you know, sometimes you, 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 you get lost in, in all the <laughs> different aspects. But then Megumi comes up with, uh, you know, shapes. Or, and, and for me, it's, it's a bit similar. I, that, yeah, how to... Uh, my background then as, as an artist that I, I really feel as, you know, as if you, 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 you give it a, a certain form or you... you, uh, you, 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 you sand certain edges, you add, you make it more pronounced, or suddenly, by experiencing, it, oh, this is it. And sometimes it's also by accident. I mean, that's, that's everywhere, no? <laughs> sometimes things that are wrong, 
you add one thing and suddenly it's perfect. But I think that the yeah this synergy of of it's it's um, yeah it's shape it's color um, that that's quite amazing yeah. Has the has the Heckfield scent got a shape or a <laughs> a color that you can describe to us? Well, color definitely green. <laughs> a hue of, of green. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, we created three scents. So one is the, the scent identity for Hackfield, which is very much um, connected to the woodlands, uh, the arboretum. Um, the second one is the, the spring-summer scent, which is very floral. But then the florals of yeah, what in, in English summer, high summer would be. And the third one is autumn-winter. And it's not, I don't... You know, for me, it's, it's really co connected to this place, but I, I don't see now <laughs> direct shapes of... Yeah. Um, my idea was that we would pass, uh, pass the spills around so that you could all um, smell it, but actually they're in these, um, because it's about the space, they're in these bell jars here, so I don't know if anybody wants to come down now and, and, and have a sniff, or if you want to wait till the end, but um, the three cents are here, so... Um, uh, if you if you do feel like coming to um, to experience yeah. them while we're talking, please. Um, so you can sort of lift up free. the glass bowl and, and sniff inside. The Otherwise, come room. down at the end and, and have a smell. Um, Flo, I know we were talking about you um, working on this fragrance that um, we'll, we'll talk about in more detail. But um, what was your experience of having to kind of brief a perfumer and and again have this kind of you know way of describing what you wanted the smell to be or how you know how, how it was developing? Um, so hard because <laughs> as we've just discussed, talking about scent is really hard. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit different because we started with and I won't you know give everything away, but we started with a very different end goal to just we want a scent that smells like this. It was you know. First and foremost, it's a supplement. And um, so we had an end goal in mind of what the benefit of that supplement was, which is anti-stress. Um, but then, you, you know, we had a huge amount of data to work from and we had families of scent to work from rather than this particular type of X. Um, and so you do go in with some prejudices of what you like versus what, you know, a mass market is going to like um, and we were saying earlier as well I've got I have such a sensitive sense of smell and I really don't like heavy scents so I was always trying to make it a bit weaker and lighter and we've ended up with a nice middle balance but you know talking about the shapes of fragrance and the colors of fragrance was so interesting we worked with um, a global fr uh, fragrance house called Fermaniche and specifically a perfumer called Frank Vogel, who is very well known in the industry for being behind scents like Lalabo's Santal 33 and other big hitters. And when we first had our meeting with him and he'd received the brief, he came out with a painting and this sort of splodgy kind of painting. And he was like, this is what your fragrance is gonna smell like. And we sat there and thought, he has lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it was, it's a process that he goes through with every single product he makes. And he will separate out the compounds or the, the sort of distinct notes of a fragrance. And he'll paint what he wants it to look like with like, the coloured fragrance, um, which was just amazing. It was, it was such a, a different experience to be part of. Um, yeah, very, very fun. I realised actually just um, coming here today because I was thinking, 
God, what perfume am I going to wear to this <laughs> night? And, and when we take questions later, I am definitely going to ask everybody what scent they are wearing because I'm always fascinated to know. Um, and I remember, th I, I thought earlier, well, um, I'm wearing a green dress, so I'm going to wear number 19 because that's green. Um, <laughs> obviously, and it's obviously not green. Um, and so I realised that I do actually associate scents with a colour. So we were talking about all these different ways of the shapes and the colours. Um, it's such a kind of, you know, fascinating mm. process. And in terms of the, um, the idea of uh, wearing a scent versus creating a scent for a space, it's quite different. Um, but I think that the, the link between what, what you all do actually is, is this thing about having a kind of end goal in mind. Mm. So it's something more than it's just a scent that smells really nice. It's actually mm. kind of got a job to do as well. Mm -hmm. um, so um, when, you're, when you're creating scents for spaces, um, are there, have you got any examples of, um, of places that you've created scents where there's been a kind of specific job to be done? I know we were talking earlier about the... Um, you the mean airline. like a func functional request? Yeah, like, uh, like the, um, the airline that you were telling me about. So I designed the Japanese airline and ANA. So I designed that signature scent um, ten years, around 10 years ago. So uh, usually, so I... I'm thinking the two things. One is the functional e effect, and another the image and the design for the brand. So that case, so I use so really specific essential oils. Uh, and, uh, one is that like a hinoki is a Japanese cypress and from tree, and uh, another is a koyamaki. And, those are the over one thousand, um, thousand years, thousand mm. years, histories, and so it's very famous in Japanese culture. So I try to use two scents, and the uh, for um, image and also the that two scent um, reduce the stress and become. Relax, so it's kind of uh, relaxing, and relaxing. but also very Japanese, so that it, yeah, yeah. That yeah so like people who are going to fly, the stress, the, the hurry. So it, it definitely has this functional side. Huh? People should calm down, certain comfort, and in in this case for ANA, the, the strong link with the Japanese culture. Huh? So a scent that for Japanese, I mean for us, it might it has a different. Uh, Connection, but for Japanese, they immediately recognize this as uh, you know this very historical, uh, uh, yeah, layer mm. in the in the scent. And as well as that sort of sense of identity, we were talking about how um, companies and shops and brands are becoming much more aware of yeah, scenting yeah. their space. There's much more attention for. For the actual experience, eh? sometimes it could be yeah, brands or, or retailers who want to um, involve the, the, the consumers more, the, the visitors. The, there's much more, maybe there, because there's more overload of information. So people, companies, brands try to distinguish themselves, to, 
to engage more in a, in a personal way. And scent is, of course, uh, the perfect way. It's, it's about emotion. Mm. And so if you create a direct experience where scent is part mm. of, then because it, it, it immediately responds to the, to the, uh, the person who's there, you and it, 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 there's a direct connection with the memory. So over time, it's, it's, uh, I think that, that is a big attraction for, for many. Uh, and then I, I think that's, that's, that's very positive. I mean, I mean it's making commercial sense too. So there's, there's yeah, research that exactly. shows that if a customer or shopper likes the smell of the shop there and they will stay for 15 minutes longer <laughs> that is a lot of shopping time yeah, so yeah. it you know their brands are really wising up to this as you know building it into part of your strategy we were discussing even briefly earlier the idea of kind of creating a, a an environment that people want to be in. So the new Stella McCartney store on Bond Street has an air purification system, not necessarily a scent, but they're creating an environment for you to, to experience as part of that you know, brand or shopping experience, which is, is so interesting that we're seeing the market move that quickly. Mm. And I mean, I think it'll be not long before everyone, every shop has a signature scent. <laughs> I mean, you know, like the human experience is a sense, uh, the olfactory uh, sense is, is a very important aspect mm. uh, of our, the way we experience reality. So it, it's, it's amazing uh, that, that this has never been, well, it has been, but not nowadays. It's, it's still so undervalued and not used, you know, in a positive way. It's, it's yeah. a beauty experience too. So it's, it's total, uh, you know, there's a huge potential. <laughs> I was saying that I'd once done a piece for Vogue about, it was called What Does Fashion Smell Like? And I'd taken a perfume around lots of different uh, boutiques from Chanel on Bond Street to Zara to all sorts of different stores in London to see how they scented the space, if they did. And um, it was so interesting that so many of them just didn't smell very nice or didn't have any scent in them. And um, uh, you know, I thought it was so interesting that these brands obsess so much about the lighting yeah. and the branding and the colours and all of that stuff, but actually um, something as powerful as scent, yeah. and they're just forgetting it. Exactly, and, it, and then it, it's, it's almost nothing. You know, you, you can create it very quickly. They have showrooms of expensive cars, you know, and then it smells bad. <laughs> and yeah. then why? And then people pay so much attention to, you know, the colour, the, the materials, yeah, yeah, yeah. the design, but... The, the most simple thing, yeah, 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 and this is what lasts because you know people, you you might not register consciously, but definitely it will have an uh, it reflects on your you know experience if if the showroom smells of plastic. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. One thing that um, I thought was interesting when we were talking about the retail was. Um, that uh, because a department store fragrance hall can be such a kind of assault on your senses, can't it? Or you can mm. feel a bit sort of intimidated oh, by all these people kind of spraying you as you walk by. And, um, but then, you know, with so much shopping going online, we were talking about how difficult it, it is to buy a fragrance online because, you know, you just have the description, you don't know if you'll like it. Um, and I was saying it would be brilliant, wouldn't it, if, you know, in the future the scent could just come out of your computer <laughs> so you could smell it. And mm. Flo then told me that actually we're only about five years away from that. Isn't that yeah. right? Don't hold me to that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a scent technologist. But, no, we, I would, yeah, 
bet my bottom dollar, five to ten years out. They, there was a study done in Malaysia last year and they were able to synthesise nine cents and basically beam them out of something into someone's nostrils. But as I was telling you earlier, you had to stick two tubes up your nose to smell it, which obviously <laughs> we're still a little bit of a way to go. Sounds slightly less glamorous <laughs> when you put it that way, but, you know, hopefully... We have an interesting machine. Uh, it's not as advanced as what you say, <laughs> but it's uh, in the in stores of Etaroma in Japan. Yeah, well, we call it a blending machine. So we have, uh, let's say, 10 different ingredients. And, you know, you push a button for a certain amount of time, three seconds, five seconds, and you compose your scent. And then you push on the final button, and then you experience uh, it. And you, you could do that same process on your phone if yeah. you have an yeah, idea of... Yeah, yeah. You know, I want a bit of bergamot, uh, mm -hmm. cedar wood. And then you hold it under the scanner and you get a live experience of that scent. And wow. you, and then you can That's say, insane. yeah, it's, you know, we will bring it to the UK um, during an event, I think, in the, in the coming year, maybe this year already. But what the, the beautiful, the beauty is that you can, if you say, oh, uh, I think the, the, the herbal note is too strong, you can reduce it and you directly experience it. And then the next step is that you can bring it home because it, it, you blend it on spot, so you go home with your personal uh, Amazing. scent. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so in terms of scenting spaces, um, I was really interested that for Heckfield you'd done um, scents for the different seasons, mm -hmm. and it felt um, such a kind of um, a, a, a good thing to do here because everything is about, you know, Mm. embracing the seasons, eating yeah, seasonally, yeah. all of that stuff. But is that something, what I'm looking for is some practical tips about how we can, what things we should consider when we, when we scent our homes. Because, um, Megumi, mm. you were saying that, you know, in Japan, it's, a, it's thousands of years old, the tradition of scenting the space around you. Whereas here, the sort of scented candle <laughs> <laughs> explosion has only been in the last sort of 10 or 15 years. And so it, it's, um, it's a minefield, really, deciding, what, you know, what scents to, to scent your home with. What things should you consider, do you think, when you're, when you're looking for, for mm. scents for your, your own spaces? Well, of course, something that attracts you, definitely. Uh, scent is, is, is about attraction and, and, and comfort. But, I, you know, to, to create, a, um, let's say, a stronger effect, is try to, to think about the, the different aspects. Let's say a room has a, has a, a certain atmosphere uh, or... or the kind of furniture you use, the kind of uh, yeah, colors you use. Uh, and if you would like to, to let's say, the scent to fit into that, or you would like, you know, you might think your, my, my, my house, my room is too uh, gloomy. I want to, to, add, to, to add some, uh, some energy, something live, fresh. Or instead, I want to calm down. It, it's for the evening. All these different aspects you can think about. Eh? Scent have... Have a character. Essential oils have a character, uh, so you, you can play with that, and then you, you, the effect is much stronger because it's then uh, they, all the the different um, let's say the, the whole sensorial sensorial experience is then um, synchronizing. It's, it's working together or or reinforcing each other, maybe balancing, and then I think you you, you create something much more than just you know a pleasant scent. It's not that is wrong. <laughs> But I think that is, from our background, what I think it's, there's so much, uh, yeah, in the same way that you, you combine fabrics, you know, um, 
colors, atmosphere. You create your, your unique um, personal uh, space, and, and scent can be definitely uh, part. And it shouldn't be it shouldn't be dominant. You know, it shouldn't be like standing out as the first thing you would notice when you enter in the space. It should be, yeah. Because that's what I think about scented candles. They build and build yeah, yeah. to the point, where they're really nice at first, and then they build to the point where they're just, yeah. it's too much. Um, because I know with the Heckfield scent, um, the plan is that it will kind of, you will use diffusers to just kind of subtly yeah, scent Yeah, so it. one, yeah, so the scent identity, the, this, this, this green scent uh, that would be used in, in certain, in the public areas, and certain space, for, for example, the entrance. And then we, we have, um, professional diffusers that we, we, we have developed that um, diffuse actually the, the oil in, into the, the space. And yeah, there are other ways. Uh, yeah, we have room sprays. Um, well, you can't scent the whole room with that, but let's say for an, an instant, uh, it could be a candle, it could be a soap. And, and, uh, and how would you describe the difference between the spring summer scent and the autumn winter one? Well, the, the spring summer scent is a, a very extrovert, you know, high summer, it's, it's full of energy, sun, uh, yeah, super attractive. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the winter is, is a, um, more ideas, more in, in, inward. Uh, I mean, it's, it's cozy, it's, uh, let's say, the, the protection, the wood fire, let's say all these this aspects, it, it, it has its own uh, charm, but it, it's, it's very different. One is, is more prominent, and I think it's, yeah, very much related to the the seasons, in that aspect. So as the sun summer is like all yes. going yes. out, no, yes. no. very good. Yeah, I think that's. You know, th fair. these are like personalities. Eh? The I think the really interesting thing when I was smelling them though, it's it, because they're obviously just essential oils. They're not. You know, we were talking earlier about how I have a penchant for smoky candles and my husband always thinks that there's something burning in the corner because <laughs> it smells so much like wood smoke. Um, but you, the, even the, the wintry one, the autumn one, it's, it's not, it's evocative of those smoky smells, yeah. but it's not like a wood fire in the corner. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's important, you know, it's uh, this layering of, yeah, it, it's different moments in time. It evokes different... Um, images mm. you know it's because maybe that because we take some time uh, with it it's it's yeah these natural uh, oils have a, have a lot of uh, well components and and you, you never know how exactly how it would work out but it reflects into the final you know it depends on our mood too sometimes I, I might oh you know I can't really smell it now yeah and another time you know it, it is aspects of it that, you know, I never noticed this. And that's the beauty also of, of na nature and natural sense that they, they, they have a lot of richness in the same way as, as, as a glass of wine or food, you know. It's very complex, <laughs> actually. Yeah. The Megumi, you were saying that growing up in the forest yes. in Japan, yes. uh, the, the sense of nature is something that has really kind of informed you, the way that you create sense. Is that right? So I was born into the forest, and my family is the, the strongly connected to the, the forest industry. So my old memory is from nature. Yeah. Mm. 
And very much about the, the well-being of nature. You were saying that when you, even when you were in the city, yeah, the 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 scents from from the forest are, are very kind of relaxing for you. Yes. So I learned twenty years old. So I live in the city near Tokyo. So I had a lot of stress. Why? I, I don't know. But, but <laughs> I find I find that. The nature and the forest and the wood scent so become so me more relaxed and more comfortable, and then so I oh, that's very important for human for us mm. yeah. to have those sense of nature. Yes. So Flo, that feels like a good moment to talk about well-being fragrances. Mm -hmm. And um, Flo works for a company called Nuco, and this fragrance that they've created, well, I don't know why I'm telling you, you should tell, tell it, <laughs> is called Funk, is, is a, a kind of functional fragrance. So yeah, functional fragrance is an anti-stress supplement in the form of a fragrance. My God, I feel like I'm on like QVC. <laughs> um, so with, uh, when it comes to our product formulations, we are much more interested in functionality rather than form. So for us, a supplement can be anything. It can be an ingestible, it can be a topical, it can be a sensory supplement. Because you were telling me you've got a sleep one that you put on your tongue. Yeah, so we have anything from droppers that go underneath your tongue to things that go on your skin. And Functional Fragrance was our first kind of foray into what we think of as a sensory supplement. And um, we have effectively sort of started a new category here which is so interesting um, and really really exciting to see where it goes next. Yeah quite simply your olfactory system as we've been hearing about is so closely linked to your to your mind so to your obviously to your emotions but also to your cognitive state and what we're seeing with you know something like this category that we've sort of created with functional fragrance um, is using the olfactory system as almost a highway to sort of biohack your brain or your body to a better state. So um, when we think about the way that a fragrance takes us somewhere immediately, that's all well and good, but it's different for every single person. And we were saying earlier, you know, something like lavender, yeah, that might be really relaxing for some people, but if you had an art teacher, like I did, <laughs> who doused herself in lavender oil, who you hated, then it's not a very relaxing scent for you. So we wanted to add a sort of layer of, of science to that. And I think it, we had some really interesting discussions earlier about, you know, aromatherapy is, is so personal that it almost can't be quantified with science. And when we approach product development, we do always come from a very natural stance. We like the idea of natural innovation and pushing the boundaries within that, but it has to have a layer of science. So we worked with um, the Brain and Behaviour Laboratory at the University of Geneva, really leaning into some uh, a five-year study that they did, um, which literally looked at how people's brains reacted to certain scents. They had thousands of people under MRI scanners and looked at which families of scent sort of triggered which parts of their brain. Um, so we were then able to, to take all this research, which was a lot, and <laughs> give it to our perfumer. And he, you know, then painted the picture and came back to us with, uh, with this fragrance. So really it's about provable benefits in the fragrance mm -hmm. rather than just saying 
oh, this, this will probably relax you because it contains ingredients that people find relaxing. It's about totally. having re results that yeah. you can... Yeah, so one of the really interesting things, uh, two of the really interesting notes in the fragrance, um, as you, I hope, have smelt, there are some very woody notes in there. And that links back actually very neatly to what Magumi was saying about the, this idea of being in nature. It's relaxing, whether you like being in the countryside or not, it is relaxing to be outside, to be in nature. And so lots of these woody notes kind of take you back there quite instantly. And then there's some very interesting musky undertones as well. And um, this is the bit that blows my mind. There's a particular scent compound in breast milk, which is very, very, very similar to musk. So almost without realising it, it's all so subconscious that, you know, you're smelling this and you, you keep coming back and smelling it and you don't really know why, because it's not, you know, mm. you know, these scents on their own are not, you know, amazing. They're just compulsive and, and they trigger something in you which is so deep and so primal. Um, so, yeah, if you're adding a layer of kind of science to that, which isn't necessarily as, it's not as simple as I like this or I don't like this. It's, you know, what your, what your brain's telling you, which is pretty cool. Mm, I can smell it, actually. It smells beautiful. Um, I think, um, but what was clever, I think, was working with a perfumer who's known for creating sort of blockbusting scents that mm. people love as well because then you you kind of get the best of both because I think yeah. sometimes you smell those aromatherapy blends and you think yeah but they just smell like all the others or yeah but it feels like a kind of real hybrid of a fine fragrance and a and a functional supplement definitely I mean we it's in terms of um product development it's been approached purely as you know it's a fine fragrance it was created by a fine perfumer mm -hmm. by a fragrance house um but you know, when we approached um, Frank, our perfumer, with the idea, he was so excited that someone wanted to, or a brand, wanted to think about the data behind, behind fragrance, the science behind fragrance, rather than just, you know, a big brand coming along and saying, make it smell like love and, you know, we'll put a celebrity on the front of it, <laughs> which is really what sells it. Um, so it was, a, yeah, a really interesting, really different experience. And I think, you know, equally we could have met someone who'd been like, no, I'd rather just keep creating fragrances yeah, nice that smell fragrance. like love. And I think when we talk about fragrance and memory, um, what's so interesting is that um, in a way we... Traditionally, when we think about scents as, um, you know, evoking memories, we always think of, of it quite passively and you think about scents, you know, memories from the past that those scents call to life. Whereas I feel like what you're all doing in different ways is is creating new memories for people out of yeah, scent. Exactly. So and, it, and because the emotion is so strong, it's so, you know, scent is almost feeling because of the direct connection to this, this old part of the brain. That's why it becomes, uh, is it directly linked to a memory? It's not first processed by, uh, you know, a rational uh, mind or thought. So that, that is very, um, yeah. Are you sort of aware of that when you're creating sense for spaces that you want to, ha you know, create a set that's going to kind of embed in somebody's brain as the, as the memory of that place? Well, it, for me, it's yeah, because that's the only reflection I have, you know, like how I perceive it. And then hopefully it, it has a meaning to others as well. And, and let's say based on, on our experience and but you can't yeah you can't you can't put yourself in, of course in, in the in the mind of another but I think it's you know we are universal beings it's it's what it has a value for for me or for you based on our experience that probably otherwise we would never be able to experience beauty it's something that 
or, or, or scent quality. What, what are the places in nature that you, um, you love the, the smells of, like, say, for example, being by the sea or, you know, are there any places where you think that's the kind of, you know... Yeah, I, I grew up near the sea uh, in the Netherlands and so for me it has a strong, <laughs> yeah, wind, uh, open space and also what Megumi said, uh, forest. I mean, you spend a lot of time outside as a child always, so definitely... I don't know how exactly, but that has a very strong, um, yeah, link. <laughs> so you live in New York now. Are there any, are there any, <laughs> are there any scents that remind you of home? Oh God, so many. Um, the smell of Earl Grey tea. Um, weirdly, and quite disgustingly, the smell of the tube. That hot, anyone who lives in London knows this smell, <laughs> that hot sort of like dusty smell. And it's so funny because there's a mm. very similar smell in the New York subway, but it's a bit different. Yeah, and yeah it's, it's different. It's, it's so yeah. funny how it can take you there like so immediately. But yeah, New York in the summer is ooh, something to behold, the smells. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had quite a long discussion earlier about uh, a particular smell that you remembered from childhood. Yes. <laughs> My particular smell that I remember from childhood, and I hope everyone shares this with me, is Play-Doh, which is, see, it's so evocative. And, but this, really interestingly, Play-Doh is one of only 14 scent patents ever issued, ever, because it's so hard to say that is totally identifiable as a scent. And its patent is for the scent of childhood. <laughs> so anyone who remembers that nice murky yeah. green ball of smushed up Play-Doh? <laughs> Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. And now you sort of wonder why they gave, why they gave it such a strong smell. Probably for that reason. Yeah. Toast, well, maybe it was accidental. Or maybe to mask some really revolting yeah, smell. That's that probably actually, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. But it was interesting saying that as well because we, I was saying, you know, we'd been emailing a bit before we um, all met up, and uh, Nick was, you know, saying think about what this would be and I've literally been racking my brains for two weeks thinking I've, I can't think of any scents that remind me of my childhood and it's because you have to smell it to go there and so you have to you know get that waft of jasmine or get that waft of play-doh or whatever it mm. is to suddenly be back in that moment exactly. and that's how yeah. visceral and powerful it is it is and it's it's not it's not a, um, a sentence or a word mm. or it, it's really uh, an emotional experience yeah. so that's why you, you only know it when it happens yeah of course it could be certain things that that bring it back but um, yeah i think it's, it's something that passes uh it it, it, sh it has nothing to do with with uh, you know the let's say uh, thinking or it's a, a rational side of you a brain. rational side or, or you know a text whatever it's of course, it could be, but the actual, yeah, th these processes are so deep that it happens only, um, yeah, in the instant. Mm. So do you think sometimes when you smell those things and it kind of transports you back, it's actually an emotion that yeah, you're kind of yeah, being reminded yeah, of yeah. as much as the place or the, yeah. the time? And what you mentioned about breast milk, I think that's, yeah, I, when my daughter was uh, one Two years old. She she grew up in in you know in, in Japan in, in the hot humid summers, and you know it was her hair, her skin. You know it was was 
sweaty, but it was so, you know, sweet. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I just wonder why, why, why is that? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's probably, yeah, it's, it's, it's a universal human, it brings you back to something, uh, yeah. you know, your, your own childhood, your mother, I don't know, but it was unbelievably. <laughs> I remember hearing a story that when they made, um, Dove made baby products, um, mm. they created the, the scent for them and then they used headspace technology, which is where you kind of capture the, the scent around something. Um, so they used headspace technology uh, to capture the scent of a baby's head, <laughs> which you know um, parents always say is just the most delicious smell it ever. Is. To it is. Sniff it is. Babies. Yeah. And so, um, of course, mums just went crazy for these products <laughs> because they kind of had this real kind of visceral reaction yeah, to them. Yeah, exactly. It's that visceral, and you don't, you can't put it into words. And when you're when you're creating scents, though, do you have favourite ingredients that you go back to in your sort of in your palette? Um, they were telling me, which sort of blew my mind, that you have hundreds of ingredients that they can just kind of call to mind and think, OK, I'm going to go and, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for that rose or yeah, that. Yeah. But it's, it's also, uh, you know, like you have, for example, you take one ingredient, uh, a flower could be a rose or jasmine, but then, you know, it's also about sourcing the right uh, producer or, or location because they're, they're there are many different uh, varieties, the quality, the producer, the farmer, the season, the country. So, and if you have those from different parts of the world together, then you really understand it's, it's a living thing. And uh, so th that multiplies the possibilities, even if you have a few hundred ingredients, it's also, uh, where does it come from? How is it treated? Is the supplier, you know, is it, is it a pure oil? Is it, has it been treated? But it, yeah, I think it's, it's fascinating for me to create a scent, like also for Heckfield, the material comes from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Different, you know, there's a story, it's connected to the soil, the sun, it's energy. And then it ends up in a product that evokes eh, something that, that is, uh, fits to mm. Heckfield. And yeah, I, I think that's uh, <laughs> fascinating. Megumi, do you have any ingredients that you particularly love that you go back to, I know you studied aromatherapy, didn't you, for a long time? Yeah. So, um, a lot, <laughs> yeah. A lot. I can't choose one. What uh, about flowers? Uh, flowers? I mean, now I just lose and the lavender too. Lavender. Yeah. As just already said, so we have a lot of choice of lavenders because the lavender yeah. is very and, difficult and it's nice. to... It's, it's yeah. so sometimes you get uh, from suppliers, farmers, you get new uh, samples, they send it and, it's, you know, it's like a revelation. And they sm can smell so different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's same as with food. Eh? Like, it, it, it's so important, like, the soil, the, the person who, who took care of it or, or, you know, the whole process. Um, yeah, the, do you, um, creating scents for spaces, do you also um, look at what's happening in perfume that people wear, you know, kind of trends or things that people are buying or interested in? Yeah, it doesn't, you know, even if we, we work in a slightly different field, I mean, I, my interest is definitely there too, yeah, so I, I always check and find out and mm. maybe get inspired, yeah, yeah, <laughs> improve yeah. it. Yeah. 
And where would you go to? Where would you, where if you're working on something and you get a, you know you kind of hit a brick wall or you you know you need to how do you kind of you know broaden your horizons or where how do you get new inspiration? Well, I think you know for, for creativity for, to be creative is you you know you have to to to, to open yourself without a, a direct goal, you know. So you have you collect as much. You shouldn't like oh now I have to find it then you don't find it. It's just you know. Creativity is not some magic thing. It's 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 a state. So if you are open, things come to you. You you look at reality differently, and then you know you might pick it up in a meeting, a person you meet. It could be a book. It could you know it could be anything, or it could be the things you have in front of you, and you didn't notice it. That's the yeah. I think that's creative. <laughs> I have this I have this feeling that I was saying to McGimmy um, and Maurice, which they wholeheartedly dispute. Um, which is that it's like having a superpower and they um, they go into places and, and kind of have this other extrasensory power which is where, you know, the, set, the, the things that you're smelling all the time um, might be, you know, more acute to you than, than the rest of us. I just yeah. can't imagine you going to Selfridges on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> to, the, to the beauty hall no, and being sprayed with lots of different fragrances. True. I mean, I think we probably all have that, you know, that... Yeah, sometimes there is this incredible bad experience. You wonder how is it possible, you know, like that people. What I personally think, you know, washing powders. I think it's it's unbelievable <laughs> that people, you know, they have. You, sometimes you enter in people's houses, the whole house smells the same. The clothes, there's this cloud around it, and it's cheap. You know, it's it, it's not. But what do you use then? Washing powder. <laughs> have you made something for yourself? No, no. But well, you can, but you know, very neutral. Yeah. Uh, washing powders and and you know, I think I, I lived then in Germany and, and you know, the, the, let's say the natural market is very yeah, evolved yeah, and, yeah. and bio products. You can add. You go. You can take a bit of essential oil. You put it into your water, so it, it improves a lot. That's a good and, idea. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, I was yeah, say American washing powder, <laughs> not good, isn't it? Not yeah. so strong. So so so. It's too strong. You yeah, know, that that's actually the scent of London I miss. Aerial washing powder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh, we'll send you some. <laughs> yeah, do. I'll expect <laughs> many packs, please. Seems like a good place for us to leave our discussion. Can I please implore everyone to come and um, smell these incredible scents of Heckfield Place before they leave? And um, in the meantime, uh, a huge thank you to Flo, Megumi, and Maurice. an episode of the Assembly at Heckfield Place podcast. You can find out more about the Assembly by visiting the Heckfield Place website and join the conversation on social media at Heckfield underscore place and hashtag Heckfield Place. Thanks for listening. <laughs>